Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. It's time for Cofield and Company's legal insider, Justin Watkins, on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Four o'clock hours here. Reno's in Vegas, ESPN Vegas, ESPN Reno. Justin Watkins is in on Wednesdays. Devon is here as well. We were just talking crazy betting and betting big money lines. And sometimes sometimes upsets happen and people lose big. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Uh, how much did you bet on uh, Oregon State to win the national title? Zero. You wouldn't do it? I don't no. even know what the odds were. Were they at like 40 to 50 to 1? Did you look? Didn't even look. I, that's no way I would make that bet. Yeah. You know why it's a terrible bet? Because yeah. no one is going unbeten in the Pac-12. Yeah. It's I not going to happen. And I also I don't believe anyone is going to get through the conference slate with one loss. No. I don't think so either. I think who who has two. the best shot? Who's the most uh, impressive team? Washington. Yes. Yeah. They're great. Your opinion is correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I, I would say typically the, the bet I do at the beginning of the season is I bet Oregon State under. <laughs> just to, just so that when they win more games, I'm happy right. and I don't care. Yep. But I I'm I'm such a weak better. I mean, the biggest bet I'll make in the year will be a hundred bucks. That's the biggest bet I'll make. I typically make ten and twenty dollar bets on the app, usually in game. Like I like in game, um, feeling the flow of the game, and then just predicting what's going to happen. I'm not a big better. I'm not a big gambler. So your Oregon State team loses in the Pac-12. Check that Pac-2 title game. We're joking. It's not a title game, but between the uh, Beavers and Wazoo. But there's a fight that's more important than this last football game going on. Do we have any movement at all with the lawsuit, the uh, Pac-2 against the teams that all left? You, I mean, not as far Schools. as. Yeah, not as far as the court's docket, but I think we have movement out in the outside world as a result of what's going on in the courts. Like, I just saw today news dropped uh, on, on ESPN that the major, uh, the other major conferences have tabled the discussions on changing the playoff format. I saw that. Waiting for this lawsuit to work its way out. The thing that's, I think, very positive if you're a Cougar or Beaver fan is that Nobody has attempted to change the venue or get it out of this little district in Washington. And that's good news if oh, wow. for uh, for Oregon State and Washington State fans. And it's not even just because the judge is a is a cougar. <laughs> but not at all. But but it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Um I think that if the the next the next hearing is likely to be within the next thirty days. It's, it's going to be before the end of October, and that'll be a hearing on who has the right to decide the future of all the Pac-12. Who compromises the board of directors? And I think the likely answer is Oregon State and Washington State only. And if that's the answer, I believe you're going to see them get a a big conference invite, probably Big Twelve. Oh, really? I They're not going to let them hang out there because the yes. potential disaster of having them hang out there the next two years is they play an independent schedule. Yes. Whoever has the better record, both teams could go six and six, seven and five. The seven and five team right now would still have a spot in the CFP. Am I correct so on that? You're I, saw, cur- I saw the boss Sankey, yes, that's Sankey the, or you know, SEC yes. boss was talking about it like, hey, we're not making any changes right now yep. to these six auto bids. Yes. So the Pac-2 technically yes. would have an auto bid. That's That correct. would be but, tremendous. But, but more problematic to them because they could change that and, and not have the consent of Washington State or Oregon State. What they cannot change is how the money's distributed. They need a unanimous vote of all the conferences to change the distribution of money. And so 
the Big Five share equally in the vast majority of the college football playoff money to the tune of about $360 million a year. <laughs> so, so we're talking $70 million uh, on that's a year, right? No, no, no. Potentially to the pack two, three hundred sixty million dollars overall. Right. So split it five ways. Big five. Who's the big? No, 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 power no, five, no, 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 no. The Pac-12 share is three hundred sixty million dollars. Three hundred sixty million dollars on top of. I thought it was an already estimated like opportunity to get like four hundred twenty million. So that that number that a lot of numbers, everybody. Yeah, Sorry. that four hundred twenty million is the college football playoff money okay, plus so the it. March Madness credits that so, are paid out over six years. So they cannot change how that is that money is shared. So if they went in court, those yep. two schools could be sharing. Oh, are we talking four twenty a year? Four twenty over the course of the next two years, because they okay. can only survive for two years as a two team conference. All right. So each school would have access to two hundred ten million dollars. Which, by the way, yep. I think Oregon State on their stadium renovation, they upwards of like sixty or seventy million. It was a hundred sixty-one million renovation, right? And I think half of it was on bonds, but I, okay. I, I don't. But I, I mean, that would that, that would yeah. that would help because they're freaking out right now. They're yeah. like, "Hey, we're go. We might go to another conference and we get eight million dollars, right? Uh, you know, our payouts eight million. We were getting like thirty-five. Right. How the hell are we going to pay this? And then even worse, Washington State even getting the money from the Pac-12 at a high high rate. They're way in debt. Yeah, so this yeah. could save both schools from financial disaster. Yeah, I don't think Oregon State's in, in any sort of financial um, well, just problems as a result of the stadium. Yeah. The stadium's not a problem. It's, it's Long like range, that, they can pay it off. Yeah, that's okay. that's fine. And if they had $200 million, they wouldn't pay it. They'd be stupid to pay a $160 million bill just to get it out of the way. Right? It's bonds. They're fine. Yeah. And they've already said, you know, because I'm an alumni, I get the emails. They're already going to the Oregon legislature and asking that this stuff be put into any sort of some sort of spending bill. Who knows? Maybe they'll yank it out of the University of Oregon's appropriation for taking off to the Big Ten. I don't know what they're going to do, but there's going to be some fighting, and they're, they don't share a board of regents like UNR and UNLV. They don't. Oregon State and Oregon have different boards, but they're all still state-funded. So it's going to be interesting love, to see what happens. I love, I love how happy you got about two minutes ago where you're like, they might get invited to a Power Five because you are so dreading this uh, while relegation could be an interesting idea, being yeah. in a twenty-four school conference is a nightmare as compared nightmare. to what you could be in or where you were. I mean, it's just like I, I think, I think it would be really interesting to try that, and with the Mountain West mm -hmm. schools and add some other schools, and you get a twenty-four team conference. I think it'd be really interesting. But the reality is, is the risk that that would be associating to a school that's used to an athletic budget that includes thirty some odd million. In media rights going down to six or eight million, you're going to cut sports. You have to, you have to. So the safer bet is if you go to the Big Twelve, you're getting thirty-two million, right? And now they might take a, a haircut, but not really. Not if the Big Twelve. Not if they can vote to fold in all the assets of the Pac-12 into the Big Twelve. So all of those schools appreciate that four hundred million. Then I, I, I think there's. I think that's what's going to happen um, if they win in court next month. Number three, Mel Tucker officially fired now. Right. All right. So what happened? Well, I mean, like I said, I thought he should have been fired for cause just for even attempting to engage in a relationship with a person who's literally hired by the school mm -hmm. to educate the youth on sexual harassment and sexual improprieties in the workplace. Like that, that alone should have just been a fireable offense. So I think they had cause anyway. 
but they went ahead with the investigation. Um, you you have to, as a state-run institution, in order to adhere to the Constitution and due process, you can't take away anybody's rights. Um, and so clearly, they felt that through that process, they had done enough to fire him for cause. And based on the facts that as we know them, what the or I guess the allegations as we know them, these aren't facts; these are allegations. Um, you know, some pretty serious stuff. Number two. Some football opinion out there. Michael Lombardi, former executive in the National Football League, Belichick guy. His uh, son is the OC with the Raiders. Commenting on Miami and this unbelievable start with that output last week against the Broncos. Miami is a solid team, but not a 70-point team. Okay. Uh no one is. Uh, nor are they good enough on defense to be invincible. Okay, so they're not a 70-point team, and they're not invincible. Was anyone going with this narrative that he had to address in the first place? I mean, factually, they're a 70-point team. They just did it. Guess, <laughs> they're I the first team. Every that- game moving forward. Yeah. Well, they're certainly a team that I think every opponent has to be afraid of that can go north of 35 points. Um, and I actually disagree. I think their defense can at least be middle of the NFL – and one of the big reasons why is Vic Fangio. Yeah. Vic Fangio is yeah. back where he belongs. He's an awesome DC. Yep. And he absolutely, well, I can't say absolutely, um, he was one of the big deciding points against the Chargers. Yeah. Because so many teams will not do what Vic Fangio did. You have a star quarterback on the other side who's making his 40 million plus. He gets the ball back with inside of two minutes. You're dead. The only way you control your own destiny is to not lay back and let him slice and dice up the field nine yards at a time. And on multiple plays, they were like, hey, we're going to take a chance on it. Um, our corners have to cover, and we're bringing the house. Yeah. And on the other side, Kellen Moore just crapped himself. Yeah. And the well, protection, say, then or, the protection or, was terrible. Or Herbert didn't set up better protection or didn't get the ball out quickly enough. Whatever happened on the Chargers side, Fangio destroyed them by going for the win. And that's why I think they're, they are going to be a good defensive team, or at least mid-level. And that's all you have to be when you, you're a 35-point-per-game team. Yeah, and I don't think there's any reason to think that th- it's not possible for them to get in the 50s and 60s again. Like, when you know, the stat that was flying around days afterwards is, is the fastest running times clocked by any athlete or any football player this season. And there was three different ones in the top yeah. six or seven, and they were all Miami Dolphins, right? And so... When you have the fastest players on the field, any little mistake can turn into to seven. You know, it's not like they were trying to run it up on them, but every time they broke through the line, it was like, there's nobody here. I guess I'll go score. They took off and scored. So I think you're going to stumble on to more home run plays when you have playmakers like that than other teams will. Yeah, I just hope for the NFL's sake that – um, it's not the Broncos and Sean Payton on the other side where clearly there's got to be some chaos and upheaval uh, in that locker room because they just they were like, hey, we're done. Yep. We're done. Down the stretch. That's enough. <laughs> Sean Payton better get it together. They were Because fl- guys, were- guys are just going to lay down late in the game when you're down big. Literally lay down. I mean, literally diving over themselves. <laughs> it was it – was, I-, I loved it. You know, You know I have Tua in our league. And so I'm, I'm hoping this just Fantasy. continues, just continues to go. Bravo. Yeah, I hate it so much because I was in on him, I think as a third quarterback, which is absurd because I'm like, he can't get him. Someone block him. No one blocks him. 
Number one. So you're now you're set up with this freaking super team. Um, a lot of people are lamenting the fact that it happened again. Uh, for a Raiders game, Allegiant was taken over by a foreign fan base. I knew the Steelers fans would turn out, but they turned out in even bigger numbers than I thought, and they were loud the entire game. Freaking embarrassing. Probably good for the bottom line, though. Yeah. Probably good for the bottom line. How do you connect the A's to this? I mean, I think that this is exactly what the A's are hoping will happen because they're not going to field a good enough team for the locals to care about it. I'm, that's just the bottom line. I, I, I just don't think – I think that they believe – and they've said this in front of the legislature, so it's not like me – pure conjecture. They believe that the kind of numbers and visitorship that the Raiders produce – is what's going to happen over the course of 81 home games when they bring the team here. And I just don't think that translates at all. Baseball's different, man. And you're expecting them to travel here, go to all three games in a series or all four games in a series, uh, and even a midway series in order to sell it out. And based on their projections, the first game, the first game that's not a sellout, they're behind and they can never catch up because they projected – 20 years of a complete sellout in order to make their numbers work. I don't like it. I don't like it. No. And, 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 you know, I mean, to make, put it much simpler, we, we're, we're paying for them to come here. We're giving them the money in a loan and then tax benefits down the road to build their stadium. And then as soon as it's done, they're like, we don't care about you at all. Yeah. We don't care if you come to our games. We'll build on this on the way back. Uh, this hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, including Reno, 766-1400. Got to dial 775 in the north. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. So we generally collaborate a good word right we trade stories and then the show is put together by our vast producer crew we've got about 12 people who put the shows together for us i come in i just i basically just read the rundown um and i was a little worried today with what you said about 10 minutes ago that you didn't see any of the stories that we're going to talk about um, because you mentioned that there is nothing happening right now in the world you're missing big stories because yeah, I didn't even know the strike ended because the writers. My, my 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 whole feed is full of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. The these, entire thing. Yeah, these two have taken over the world. Yeah, it's incredible. And I'm like, you know what? I'm here for it. I'm like, Are I you? can't believe this is happening. <laughs> I cannot believe how how widespread this was. You know, my wife was trying to get me on the little TikTok, you know, husband triggering of like, oh, you know, you know, Taylor Swift really put. Kelsey on the map, but I saw through it. You know, I was I didn't I didn't fall for it. I do what she was trying to do, trying to trigger me. But uh but I can't I can't get in my my feed is nothing but Kelsey podcasts, Taylor Swift interviews and concert, and any anything breaking down any of the few moments she was on TV or he was on TV from last week's game. I can't get out of the algorithm. Numbers from front office sports on the effect that Taylor Swift has given to Travis Kelsey. A 400% spike in Travis Kelsey jersey sales. Two girls at my office bought Travis Kelsey jerseys on Monday. Are they from Kansas City? Nope. They're Swifties. Whew. Yeah. Kelsey podcast, 
Number one overall on Apple. That's crazy. Kelsey added 383,000 Instagram followers. I'm surprised that number is not bigger. 24.3 million people watched the Bears <laughs> and the Chiefs. It was the number one game this week. That was one of the – outside of the Patriots and the Jets, uh, that was one of the worst games I've ever seen. The only thing that made it enjoyable for me was I got the Bears late at plus 36 and a half. Okay. Which I like. I like those in-game yeah. bets. I would say over the years when I do that, I probably have about a 40% win percentage. Oh. Teams do not – they don't always come back when they're completely putrid for two and a half quarters. Right. But the Bears I'm – in, I'm in a bar with a group – and the Bears score with like eight minutes left on just a completely meaningless touchdown to go 41-3 to 41-10. And I'm like, woo! Yeah! And, and there was actually a Chiefs fan there who was like looking at me like, bro, you were cheering on every meaningless touchdown as you pushed the lead out there. So I enjoyed that moment. And then a, um, okay, 63% jump in female viewers aged 18 to 49 for the Chiefs and the Bears. Dude. She- the impact is real. And I, I think it'll get bigger – if she's in some luxury box again and on TV, if like if they if people think that's going to happen again, just seeing her at a game will inspire people to t- tune in even more. Oh, a hundred percent, dude. She is her own economy. I mean this this tour that she did, the numbers she generated five billion dollars in economic impact, and it wasn't a year long tour. <laughs> you know, no. it was a season. It, it, so they had, I mean, our buddy Arash, who you know covers Vegas, covers Hawaii, but he's really LA guy. He said those six shows at mm-hmm. SoFi, it felt like a Super Bowl every day in terms of the buzz and the traffic. I every believe, day, yeah. She, I mean, if you weren't talking about people who could move the needle, there's nobody who can move the needle more anywhere right now than Taylor Swift. Even. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna hold back on that and say maybe Donald Trump. Donald Trump can move the needle too, um, and get get the world all stored up and and talking. But I, you know what? I I think it's amazing what she's capable of doing. How many people uh, she's capable of motivating to act? It's 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 oh, unprecedented. It's it's unprecedented. I don't know how I forgot this. Oh God! I mean, it's good for the NFL. And they're going to have a chance to watch another dreadful game that'll have probably 15 cutaways to Taylor Swift. I forgot that. uh, Shocker. A little frustrated with the Jets. Not real fired up to watch them. Uh, Jets are hosting Kansas City on snuff. Sunday Night Football. Waiting all day. This this week? Waiting all all day, yeah. This week? Yeah. I don't know what her her tour schedule is like. I know she's actually going down into Mexico to tour. Um, after, when she completed the the American tour, so I know she was going. Wait a second, how do you know a, this? abroad? Because I was trying to take my girls to go see Taylor Swift in L.A. at SoFi. Cause I wanted to see SoFi, and I was hoping they wanted to see Taylor Swift. Turns out my kids are not into Taylor Swift. <laughs> they didn't want to see her at wow. all. But I just wanted to go to SoFi. Um, so I'll just have to wait for something else. But uh, I did see she was down in Mexico after her L.A. dates. Uh, and I don't know if she's even started that that leg of her of her tour yet, but I do know she was going abroad. So, well, right now it says that we'll double check. Right now it says that she's off until October 18th, but it says U.S. date, so maybe she is out of the country. But uh, yeah, Miami's coming up. I guess we'll have to we'll have to now cross check. Yeah, well, the, now uh, you cross reference su- the schedule. That's right. You're gonna have to be an RSS subscriber to Taylor Swift's. 
fan club and tour dates. You just have to get, know all that stuff now. Man, she plays big venues too. It's crazy. Well, only Miami, the Miami's football stadium, the uh, the Superdome. She in only New played in stadiums this tour, Man. and she only played in major city stadiums. Like she didn't go to all the the offshoots. It is the biggest stadiums, the biggest crowds, and then she filled it up for multiple days in a row. She didn't go to a single city for a single day. They were all multiple days. I want to go down this path. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm a bad person. I'm just pragmatic. What? You know what? I'm going to take her side. What does Taylor Swift need to do legally? And I know you're not a divorce attorney, but what does she need to do legally to protect herself from Travis Kelsey and her money? Yeah, she'd have to do a prenup for sure. She would do a prenup. She'd be crazy. But, you, but there's to... not. You can't do any of that in a re- like when you're just in a relationship. What do you need? What do you need to protect yourself? What do you mean? I mean, you could do. She could do an NDA. She could do a non-disclosure, but it's not enforceable in every state. And if they're mm-hmm. going to be traveling around, you know, it might not be enforceable for anything that happened in, for instance, the state of New York. And the NDAs are not enforceable there if it's about. Well, that's not true. It would be enforceable unless the allegation was. Something in inappropriate happened, like okay. a sexual assault or a sexual abuse. So, yeah, she could do an NDA. I did see on his podcast, he sort of said, this is it. I'm not addressing it, like, kind of anymore. It's going to be my personal life now. Ooh. He did say that at the end okay. of the podcast. So, right. uh, I don't know. Maybe it's serious. Maybe it's not. Well, I she can't know. really. She. I mean, can we talk about this, though, for a second? Yeah, yeah. I have to say this. Yeah. When they cut away to her in the press box, there's a couple things I loved. I loved that she chest bumped the fan when she scored, when when Kelsey scored. I loved the interaction with the mom, but I have to say this. When the pass went to Kelsey, she was the first one to recognize it was about to happen. She was actually paying attention to the game. She was a, she was a good fan. I thought I thought she presented herself great. I thought she did a great job. On the uh, on the prenup, uh Demond, how much would you have to get out of the Taylor Swift marriage, if you had an opportunity to marry her, that you would sign the prenup. Whatever she's willing to give me. What do you mean? How much do I? Ten thousand dollars. Okay, I need a little bit more. Exactly. I need, we need to start. Don't, don't say whatever. I mean, no. I mean, because then you know, as they say, I would get accustomed to things. I need. I need <laughs> at least a million. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have a lifestyle. She's. Uh, I don't know. What is she worth? Can we look that up? She worth like north of five hundred million dollars. Got to be. She just made five. I mean, she. Well, that's not true. The economic impact was five billion dollars for this tour, and I heard at the end of the tour, she bonused every one of the road crew a hundred thousand dollars. That's nice. Net worth six hundred million. Yeah, break me off with an M. You'll never, yeah, you'll never hear from me again. All right. I'm trying to be reasonable. I don't want to end up with nothing here. I'd do it for free. You know, like oh the, yeah, yeah, you're right. The, 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 the exposure, the, yeah, the, exposure the exposure you're gonna get. I'd oh. get a run on Dancing with the Stars at least. Yeah, exactly. You know, my own reality show. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you happen to get kids, you could you could turn in the Fetter line. You you could get primary custody. Back oh, that's in, a guy right that's there. set for life. Yeah. yeah, I'm still just. I think we talked. We've been doing this spot together for so long. <laughs> I, I think I expressed this disappointment uh, years ago with uh, Russell. Br- uh, is that his name? Russell Brand. Yeah. And uh, Katy Perry. Yeah. Right. The tall, the uh, tall British guy. Yeah. That he like he asked for nothing. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Now, as it turns out, there's some allegations out now that he's just a complete loser. So he got he was on some wasn't he part of like a roast show? I'm going way down. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you why I'm going down this this uh, rabbit hole. 
But he had a career after that. He he does. He yeah. has money, but yeah. he might he might might be losing a lot of it now yeah, because maybe. whatever this the show was that he was on, um, some pretty big named Canadian comedian who now works out of the UK, uh, and I cannot remember her name for the life of me right now. I just looked it up last night because I what this is this has been going on in in uh, the Cofield domicile for a while. Ninety Day Fiance has taken over one oh of the TVs, and it is. They did a reunion show last night, and the lady who was hosting is a comedian who was on the show with Russell Brand. Russell Brand had a bunch of allegations against him for sexual assault and worse, and then this lady came over the top and kind of backed up some of the people who were no-name folks, and she's like, yeah, he's an absolute creep, and he's a predator. Yeah, I can't believe that that's what you're watching every day. Like, I cannot believe that. That's that's it's that's on, tough to hear, it's dude. On, I know it is. It's tough to hear. Well, but like, you hear what I said, right? Yeah, I hear. It's you. on a TV. Yeah, that it's like it's it is the biggest TV. Yeah, um, that's terrible. But we, I do have that three TV wall set up, and if I have to go in that room, then I Cofield, watch my man, own stuff. we are getting old. We only got so many days left. You can't be spending days watching ninety days. You can't. You gotta take advantage of every day. You know, maybe I'm in my midlife crisis mode, but I'm like, hey. Well. I only got so many days left, and I'm not watching garbage on TV. There's only so many shows you know I can what, watch. You know what's happening when I'm watching. Yeah. What am I doing the whole time? I, I'm i not going to guess. Even, even better. <laughs> even better. Even better. I'm watching uh, Cats Drive and other goofy stuff on the algorithm on TikTok. So I kind of like half watch it. Okay. And then I get worked up. Name a me bit. a couple. From uh, No, from the show. Um, I, I, would pro- I can name them by like who they are. Maybe you're so not like, watching. Like, like trans person who's six foot, like two hundred and ten pounds, with small Latino guy. That's that's one of them on the UK show. I don't, I don't, I don't know the names. I just, I can't. You're right. I haven't gone in that deep. I don't, I do not process the names. So, but someone in the house loves it. So, what are you gonna do? You know, get a little. Yeah, she wants to watch it. She's happy. Good. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, rolling on. Halfway point of the show. Uh, Barry Odom Radio Show is coming up. 6 o'clock, Parkway Tavern. You and I will be out to a 3-1 and one start. A couple of quick hits here. Um, the writer strike is over. Um, That's I, news to me. I'm hearing it for the first time know, right I'm, now. You're just inundated with the uh, the Swift-Kelsey stuff. Um I'm I'm glad it's over. I want people to you know make out, you know get get a good deal. Um, I am sad that Ron Perlman won't be making him more threats. Although I think the anger is still going to be there. That never goes away with that guy. Can we remind people of uh, early on in this thing when I think it was a Disney executive made some disparaging remarks about the people on strike? Oh, one thing before I get off this, the mother who said we're going to keep this thing going until people start losing their houses and their apartments. Listen to me, mother There's a lot of ways to lose your house. Some of it is financial, some of it is karma, and some of it is just figuring out who the said that, and we know who said that. Okay. I mean, look, to be fair about the statement that was made, <laughs> he didn't say, I want people to lose their houses. He was saying, let's see how negotiations go when people start to lose their houses and you know don't have payment. So he wasn't exactly same thing. cheering same for thing. it. I'm richer than you are, and I'm yeah. richer than the, right. uh, we'll call them the peons, who the strike was really about, yep. not the big celebrity actors. Yep. Although, they, they, you know, they were fighting for some stuff as well. So, yeah. So this should be good. Yeah, so again. And hopefully everyone's safe. There was no immediacy to the threat. See? 
it all got solved. So there's no, nothing actionable there. There was no uh, no immediacy to the threat. There was nothing, right. no action taken that would be uh, considered a significant step towards executing on that threat, as far as we know. And so right. no action. So Not nothing wrong with civil. saying nothing wrong with saying like eh, they'll get theirs. Well, that's fine. Yeah, I that's like totally. That. Fine. I like that one. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Until it does. Yes. <laughs> All right. Can if I th- if I lob this softball that you can uh, jack out of the park? Um, let's see if you can just hit a single and be nice. Um, last week was a good week for Mountain West Conference football. It could have been disastrous <laughs> because they were lined up against new former FCS to FBS teams. Yes. Although Utah State did lose to James Madison. <laughs> yeah, James Madison getting, won. And they were getting destroyed at one point. Yeah, it was out of control. It was a run I mean, The arrogance of the Pac-2, and I don't blame you for not wanting to be a part of this when uh, last week's slate had a lot of tight lines against schools that have not been playing a high level of football for a long time. BYU, I mean, well, I, I mean, I, I think like ever since BYU and Utah left and TCU, you know, there, there's been – a vacuum there. I think Fresno State has really taken the mantle. I like them. I actually think that they're going to be – I think they'll be a top 15 team towards the end of the season. I think they'll be in a major bowl. They'll be in a New Year's Day bowl. Uh, I, I, I like them. Boise State's just not up to what they normally are, and, and Nevada, as we talked about, has just been crippled. Good to see UNLV get the win um, that they needed to get, that they should have got, and they got it. So that's good. New Mexico survived <laughs> UMass. Colorado State – little momentum, maybe some anger from the Colorado loss, uh, did beat Middle Tennessee State. Wyoming survived at home against App State. And they were behind for most of that game. I think it was, I think it was 13-7 into the third quarter. I was just watching that one on the ticker. James Madison did wind up beating Utah State yeah. in Logan, 45-38, and Hawaii did survive New Mexico State by three. Woo! What a week. It, it, and that says all. If you're cheering for that week and yep. saying we had a good week, then you know you've really sunk in pretty low. And Fresno, uh, Fresno, I think, oh, I don't know what it is. I'd love to see the power ratings. Probably, I don't know, three points better than Air Force. I think those are the two elite teams. And then after that, it's a hodgepodge with, yeah. with a lot of teams having a chance to improve a bunch. But, yeah, Boise's in a weird position. I'll tell you what, though. They've got an NFL running back. Uh, this kid just destroyed San Diego State yeah. on Friday night. So, good times. Sorry about your Pac-2 title game. That's okay. I, I was ready for it. Like I said, I thought Washington State was going to win. They did win. Um, you know, we got a big Friday night game. We got Utah. Top 20 matchup. Utah's 10. We're 19. Friday night has, should have a lot of eyeballs on it. and It's going to be in Corvallis. So, hopefully uh, we get it. But down by two. Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Good 5 o'clock hour on the way. Good end of the 4 o'clock hour on the way, I should say. But Caleb Herring's coming up, former UNLV quarterback, analyst for uh, Rebels on Radio, host of the host of the Barry Odom radio show. It's Barry's show, right? Coach Odom's show. Um, he's coming up in about 10 minutes. So, big news item of the day, and yeah, it's, it's buried in the midst of the football season, but it's a massive story. In the NBA, the championship picture just changed. Or did it? Dame Lillard goes to the Bucks 
Drew Holiday and DeAndre Ayton move. Uh, Joe Nurkic moves, so the Suns got involved in the three-way deal. So Lillard now with Giannis. The championship odds for the Bucks to win the title have gone from 7-1 to one to plus 350, so it's cut in half. I really like the move for the Bucks because Giannis, I don't know if you saw any of the clips. I know it's football season for you, but Giannis was doing a lot of chirping of, I'm not signing an extension until I know that they're committed to putting a championship team around me. I forgot about you know, that. Giannis that was, was last week. Yeah, yep. Giannis was doing some talking. Like, they got to make me happy. And they went out and made Giannis happy. So, you know, they keep him so other teams can't be sniffing around and say, hey, maybe in two years we can get Giannis. I think that this puts that conversation yep. to bed. So the Bucks, they're double winners. Not only do you get Dame, but uh, in you theory, yeah. you, lock down, you lock down Giannis as well. But from the Blazers' standpoint, I think that they did this because they didn't want to trade him to Miami. They're blocking him? Yes. Yeah. Which is, hey, that's part of the deal, too. Preventative action. No. We don't. If he goes to Miami, then all of a sudden we are in a bit of an uphill climb to win the East. Yeah. So it serves two purposes. Your, your best player, really your franchise. I mean, what a miracle that he stayed. You know, the NBA rules make it easier now to keep – the Supermax guys, and guys aren't always looking to leave for L.A. I won't say New York because no one wants to go to New York. That's been proven. Cool place to play, but, you know, God bless the sphere. Thank you, Jimmy Dolan, but your rep is spread around the league. But, the you know, if there were days of uh, – and there are still guys who do this, you know, who are going to jump to bigger markets. Um, that has been stymied here with the addition of Dame Lillard. Yeah, I had someone tell me today or talk to me today, like the trade just went down and their instant thought was like, well, I mean, you're losing a lot, Drew Holiday. Great defense. I'm like, I'm sure they can find ways to shore up their defense. The offensive jump for that team explodes now. And, and you don't have to necessarily hope that Chris Middleton comes all the way back to what he was a couple of years ago. Yeah, also when it comes to the This Bucks, is a legit two. I don't think Chris Middleton has ever really been a legit two. When people say they're losing something defensively, okay, you lose Drew Holiday, a great defensive player. You can make that up. Javon Carter, who they have coming off the bench, I think that he's a great defensive guard. You know, maybe he's not hitting the three as much as you would like him to, but I like Javon Carter. And also, they only gave away the other player in the trade involved that was, you know, an actual contributor, Grayson Allen. So you're telling me, essentially, Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, you get back Dame Lillard. By the way, we gotta, we're definitely going to talk about this later. Uh, we'll probably hit it in the grab bag if we have time. Um, I heard a really good comparison, uh, Mac Jones to Grayson Allen. <laughs> okay. I mean, sort of. I think Grayson Allen actually has more power to do more damage. Uh, getting, gra- getting your junk grabbed in a bad way, like Mac Jones did to Sauce, that is no fun. But Grayson Allen, I mean, I, start, I, I, I don't kicking. know why people – I guess people just don't watch enough college basketball when – he, he freaking, like, leg-whipped, undercut a couple of guys in college, and I was like, if I'm on the other side, and especially these are players, some of the players he was playing real dirty against, like, had pro futures. Be like, dude, do not do that. You can inflict a lot of damage. There's a lot of positions where basketball players, NBA players, are, you know, prone to serious injury, and this idiot is undercutting people, you know, boxing out and freaking trying to, you know, flip them over, hacks, trips. He is a putz. Hold on, Steve. I'm going to have to call you out on a little bit of hypocrisy here. So it's you're oh. against Grayson Allen doing all this. Don't do it. But Don't you're the person the in the locker room that's oh. like, Travis Hunter, 
Give him a little something extra. No, that's good. Maybe. Hard. That's good. Hard play. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're coaching the football team, go out there and show them we're we're a little mean and nasty. But Grayson Allen, maybe just you know trying to slow down a fast break a little bit, crossing the uh, line. I don't mind in basketball someone being I'll call it chippy, like annoying. But there's a line you cross when you're legitimately trying to you could really hurt someone. So I, fair point. Fair point. I got wrapped up in I got wrapped up in the kind of the. The aggression of football, and by the way, Travis Hunter got knocked on his ass and you know wiped out for four weeks on what I thought was a bang bang play. Caleb, who's coming up, thought it was a dirty play. Um, there was no lesson learned by Colorado. No, they, they did the same thing before the game, the night before the game, walking on the field, you know, freaking scraping the O, which I mean is. To get mad about that is kind of stupid, but teams and coaches and players get mad about that. And then if you saw the Oregon, whatever their little documentary is that they do each week, Colorado was probably barking even more than they were. Uh, you know, They were barking at Oregon even more than they were against Colorado State, so they ain't stopping. So, again, if you're going to do that, and we'll go back to the point that our buddy Steve Kim made, who's a big uh, Miami Canes fan, like if you want to be the Canes of the 80s and 90s, then you're going to get it. And guess what happens when you get it? Then you better give it back. Then, I don't know, Shador Sanders needs to run over to, what the hell was the kid's name? No, I, already, I already forgot about it. He was like the biggest name last week for CSU. The like Henry Blackburn or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Blackburn. Then, you know, you, then do what you got to do, Shador. Walk over and punch him with your throwing hand right in his helmet and risk it all. But you're doing it for your teammate. I mean, if we're going to do this, let's be absurd. But they, they talked again. They talked again. And then we've got people. God, we always this always devolves into some Colorado rant speech. We can go back to um, I mean DeAndre Ayton. Well, I don't that, think Portland getting anything out of him. I, that's that one former number one pick. Okay, that one is fascinating. I have rarely seen a he's a pretty productive player, right? But man, he's got. I'll, I'll use a ridiculous word. He's got some sass in him, and. He's kind of a baby. Mm. And I think the Suns, and I almost said Monty Williams, but they, they think the Suns just were like, this is not going in the right direction. This guy's a pain in the ass. And, and, and with the NBA, the stars have the power. If Devin Booker and Kevin Durant said, no, 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 he stays here. We can't do this without yeah. him. He stays. They clearly said, nah, yeah, addition by subtraction. Do you think they even ran up high him or they just know they're not going to fight it? Yeah, so. I think they just know that. It's been documented. When yeah. Jokic had like his three putbacks underneath the rim and DeAndre Aiden's just out of the picture, yeah. literally, yep. he's not even in frame, and Jokic is getting an easy bucket underneath, I think that was the writing on the wall of, he doesn't want to be here, we're not going to make him be here, we'll, we'll, we'll try to help you out as best as possible. I mean, and that's only what we're seeing on TV. Yes. So what, what, what's going on behind the scenes in terms of – you know, practice, attitude, doing what he's supposed to do in terms of, you know, being an adult. I don't know. But that's a message. He's a pretty good player. And, and like you said, a former number one pick. And the Suns, at every turn, seem like they've been trying to get rid of him for a year and a half. But I wonder, does he go into Portland thinking that he's the man? Because how much sway do you think that number one pick has once you get traded? I have no idea how guys think. Um, I, I mean, I would think, I don't know. You know, he could be – I mean, it is cool to be supremely confident. This should chop him down a couple of notches. 
in terms of confidence, or or maybe he gets angry that he's got to prove himself. But I don't know. Do you think he believes? Is that part of the problem? He's arrogant. He believes he's a bigger star than Kevin Durant and Booker. I don't think he thinks that he's a bigger star than those guys. But I I remember a clip from an interview where it's, hey, what would you define you know success early in your career? Getting a max contract on my second deal. <laughs> so even at- being honest, at least he's not. He's not, you know, clearly fibbing like, uh, you know, whatever. I'm not. I don't want to bring up our ex because he's hurt right now. But some of the stuff with Derek Carr about, you know, I'm doing it for the city of New Orleans. Like you just got there. Let's cut it out. Yeah, DeAndre Aiden. He's nothing makes me not happier than seeing my teammates celebrate after a win. Okay. Yeah, he's not going to say I'm doing it for Scoot in Portland. Yeah, I don't. Well, think by, by the way, that relationship will go south real quick with the Blazers if he's like counterproductive to Scoot's growth. Right? If he goes in there and he's like, basically, hey, fella, F Scoot, is, I'm the guy. This like, is where no, I like the ball, little no, fella. He's the guy. Because it takes him, takes a sack. And, and, and Lillard, would, you know, he, they, it was his request to go. But, I mean, they're putting all their faith in Scoot. Well, maybe they should keep Drew Holiday around because that was another Woj, you know, the guy who broke this story. Now, you know what? That- the guy who had the inside track, Woj said, hey, they're going to be looking to flip Drew Holiday for, you know, a good package. Right. Maybe they should just keep him, you know, and, you know, coach up those vets, you know, be the coach on the floor. Well, actually, that's a great point, right? I mean, you think Drew Holiday is going to go in there and, and tolerate anything from DeAndre Aiden? Not at all. I would think he's a no-nonsense guy. Yeah, so maybe Portland. I know that Woj, I don't know how he knows all this. But, you know, Woj knows already that they're looking to ship Drew Holiday to a contender. Among on that list, the Miami Heat. So, that'd be fun. Uh, you will be uh, – we do we do a lot of line updates, some gambling reaction. I just mentioned plus 350 now for the Bucks with Dame Lillard to win the NBA title, plus 350. You have a bet going on with um, JBT on Jordan Love and Justin Fields. It's not – it's – I don't think they're going to pull Fields. I think they're just going to play him out the rest of the season. Like yeah, why, why need do you to? Do that? Like, let them let prove, you know, sink or swim. Uh, but you have a bet against Jordan Love, Fields against Jordan Love. So clearly, you're you're going to be back in the Lions tomorrow. Not maybe not betting, but you're going to be rooting against the Packers. Yeah, I'm rooting against them in every game they play. Yep, they could be playing Bishop Sycamore. And I'm hey guys, maybe is this just the betting? <laughs> yes, is this just the bet? Yes, maybe next season Jordan Love have the best career ever. Well, but for this one, you know who I'm rooting for. I get a kick out of the big galoot. Dan Campbell, the fact that maybe the division, the tables are finally turning after dozens of years where the Lions have been the poor Lions and the Packers have just destroyed everyone in the division and have been arrogant about it. And best of all, the fans and even some of the media who were like, eh, that A-Rodge guy, kind of tired of him. Jordan Love's going to be great, is he? Looks like you're just trying to stick it to him. Uh, I absolutely, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I don't like a lot of Packers fans. I don't. I don't think they express the gratitude. You should be grateful. The football gods gave you Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers back to back, and now you're going to feel like many of us do around the NFL. You don't have a quarterback, and without a quarterback, Matt Lafleur can be a freaking genius. They are supposed to get a little healthier. So I was going to say, do you look, think that – It looks like Bakhtiari's back, Aaron Jones is back, so that'll help. But, yeah, there's nothing more than I'd, I'd love to see than the Packers going like 4-13. and 13. Me too. But, but being maybe six wins because I still need them to be outside the mix for a top quarterback. 
We don't want them to be too bad. Mm. Because I think that Chicago, at this point, get the number one pick again. Get Caleb Williams. This is a team where, where Adam says, like, just keep being bad and just keep, you know, drafting a quarterback. For them, yeah. Just drafting a – just try to lose as much as possible with Justin Fields and get Caleb Williams, run it back. So keep playing Justin Fields. Yeah, of course. All right. And it helps your numbers, maybe. Maybe. Maybe you've got a shot in the head-to-head PFF rating bet battle war with Jordan Love. Hey, somebody's got to win this week. This hour is brought to you by our friends at Battle Warning Injury Lawyers. 766-1400 is the number. you got to dial 775 in the north. Why? There's an office in Reno, and then we've got offices down in southern Nevada, Henderson, and Las Vegas.